Sarah, our sponsor Vionic is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah, and let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 262 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, here as always with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah Jane. Sarah Jane, we are recording this early in the morning, which always feels different if we're recording like at a different time. So good morning. Sarah literally just woke up <laughs> like an so. hour ago. <laughs> oh, I'm, okay. I'm caffeinated. Um, we have a really fun topic today. We're talking about baby names and naming our babies, which we haven't done in many years. But Megan, I was thinking about it with everything affected by the current situation, the pandemic. This is one thing that I feel like is almost untouched. I can't think of a way that COVID-19 has significantly impacted the conversation around baby names. And that makes me almost happy. Do you think there's not going to be a bunch of new babies named Corona? I mean, I think that could happen. Or Rona, little Rona. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And they say there will be a baby boom. But right now we're early enough in this that you guys are all just having the babies that were conceived in a time before. You already had those babies in you. So. Yeah, they're leftover babies before pandemic time. From a time before this. I did see a pregnancy announcement um, like where, let's see, we're we're basically, we're recording this on May 22nd. um, So we're over two months, two and a half months in. So we really are going to start seeing pregnancies pop up that, you know, were conceived in the time of Corona. Pandemic influenced. Yes. Yes. But baby names, I have always loved discussing names and baby names long before I had my own babies and long after. So um, I think it's just really fun. We're going to talk about how we named our own babies and then also kind of how they've grown into their names or or things like nicknames and things that you don't even always consider when choosing the name. So or you think you considered it, but you didn't consider all the considerations or things just didn't go the way the way you thought it might. I know that's a common thing with kids and nicknames like nicknames you didn't expect or you expected a nickname and it never stuck like that. I mean, I know that it's like a big baby naming conundrum. Yeah. Or what if you named your baby Alexa like 10 years ago and now like anytime anyone says Alexa, a robot answers like there's all kinds of things like that. So have we ever talked about the fact that 
um, Allegra and Clara together sound like, I mean, I know you've already oh. talked about Allegra being the allergy medication, but like Clara is basically Claritin. That's really funny. So. I, I've never thought about it in, in pairing together. Um, yes. That is really funny. Well, before we get into our babies, I thought it might be fun to kind of go back and talk about our own names a little bit. So I wanted to ask you what your experience of having your name was like as a kid. And if you have any memories of what you thought of your name um, and cause we don't choose our own names, but certainly right. I'm sure you have memories of what you thought about being named Megan when you were a kid. Yeah. So a couple things. First of all, I don't ever remember not liking my name. I do remember having a bit of a hard time pronouncing my own name. Like I remember that being a thing, the hard, the hard G I think was hard for me. Mm-hmm. So one of my early memories is that being like, like trying to le- like say it correctly, Aww. which is really funny because I would have been very little, very little, um, very little. I always thought my name was very unique and it wasn't, um, <laughs> but I just didn't happen to know any other Megan's until high school. Okay. Um, so like to me, it was unique. The extra a made it even more unique. I thought the way it was spelled looked very pretty. Um, Now, one thing I also think is interesting is that I, my name was intended to be pronounced Megan. I think we've talked about this before. And, um, the extra A, I believe was like my mom's way of putting her stamp on my name Mm -hmm. to make it, you know, to make it pronounced differently than Megan. It's just, I think my family called me Megan. My sister calls me Megan. Every now and then someone will call me Megan. 88% 88% of the people in the world just call me Megan. And that's totally fine. I, I'm, I like Megan. Like it feels a little more unique. And like, I just, I like the idea that that was what I was intended to be named. Um, but it doesn't feel like an insult if you're not. No, it doesn't. No. We, we have talked about this before on the podcast, but that's okay. Cause we have a lot of new listeners. The difference is very subtle. And I would almost think of it like um, a regional or a pronunciation difference more than like a, a true difference I noticed when my mom says your name she says Megan and I just mm-hmm. thought it was because the way she talked or maybe she knew a Megan but you're talking about the difference between a word that rhymes with pagan and a word right. that starts with Meg like short right you know for Margaret the mm-hmm. Meg like our friend Meg mm-hmm. at what fresh hell um it's subtle um so that's yeah. really interesting um, does your family still, your, your siblings still say Megan? Um, I would say, yeah, I would say my brothers and sister call me Megan. My aunt calls me Megan. Like, yeah, it, but it's subtle. It's not like you said, it's not like people are going like, Hey, Megan. Although people have done that before. I don't know if they're just being silly or what. Um, it's a lot more subtle than that, but I do think that the A-ness comes out more mm-hmm. when my family says it than when the average Joe public right. says it. Yeah, that makes sense. And so, I think we've had yeah. people ask if it's pronounced Megan when they only see it with the M-E-A, which I, that's not what I Yes, no, it's not. It is not pronounced Megan. That is like a totally different vowel sound. Yeah. So what about you? I liked my name okay. I had a very, you know, from the very beginning, there were many Sarahs. I, I have read that it was the number one name for the year I was born. I don't know. There's a million lists. I haven't independently verified that, but it certainly was near the top for a long, long time. And and funny, you say you thought yours was unique. I didn't, but my mom thought it, my parents thought it was the most unique name. Like they did not have no anybody <laughs> naming a baby named Sarah. I and love that. There was no internet to cross check these things. Um. Well, it's like stuff just gets in the water. Totally. You know what I mean? Like in those days, how would that spread? 
Yeah. It's just, it's in the water. Yeah. They thought it was um, really pretty and biblical. They had a, I think, I don't know which side even had like a great, great grandmother, somebody not even, you know, down the family tree that there had been a Sarah that they thought that was so pretty and kind of bringing back an old biblical classic, like along with everybody else. So my experience was that there were definitely other ones. Um, I'm sure I've told this story before too, and I'll be brief, but in first grade, there were two of us and the teacher decided without consulting me to call me Sarah Jane, like as if that was my full name. Right. And um, I was, went home crying because I didn't want to be called Sarah Jane the way you'd be called Marianne or Mary Jane. I didn't mind my middle name, but I didn't want my first name to become a, like a double like that. Right. And that was the teacher's way of distinguishing between the two Sarahs. And I was devastated. My mom helped me go in and we talked to the teacher and I just said, I don't want to be called Sarah Jane. And the other Sarah was like, well, I like middle, my middle name. You can call me Amy. And she, to this day is called Amy. Like she literally changed her name. I love it. I love that you changed, you, you influenced a change, a name change. And then what would her parents have thought? Right. Amy Sage, if you're listening. Um, Yeah. So anyway, that was a little bit of a funny story. And then later, like in high school, sometimes there were five Sarahs in every class. Yeah. I I was a dancer. I grew up dancing and, you know, my ballet classes would have six or eight or 10 girls in them. Sometimes half of us would be Sarah. My best friend in high school is Sarah. Um, so that was just part of the experience. It wasn't bad or good, but I have grown to love my name. And I've actually really grown to love my middle name, which I didn't. It always sounded a little like, I don't know, like hokey or something like I should be wearing gingham and carrying a basket or something being named Sarah Jane but I actually love it now so I think it's adorable and you'd have to have like two long pigtails a little twang to my voice um okay so are there are there things about having the name that you have that influenced how you chose to name your kids like we've talked about you have a name that can be spelled many different ways I actually have a name that can be spelled two different ways yours can be spelled like eight different ways, but yes. you know, probably three or four recognizable common ones, or we both have names that are, you know, relatively popular, common for the generation we grew up in. Did anything like that influence the names that you chose for your kids? And I can go first really quick because yes, I definitely steered away from very popular names. And it's funny cause I don't resent having one. I really like my name. I feel even a little kinship with other Sarahs, um, but I I definitely chose names for my kids that would not be top 10 on the list. Um, so that that's just my way of, I guess, giving my kids something that I didn't have in that way. So what about you? Um, yeah, a couple different things. Um, I like you, I never minded having an alternate spelling to my name, but I do think I steered clear of that. Like mm-hmm. I wanted I never I was the kid who never found my name represented on a name tag or a key ring or like, you know, it just mm-hmm. didn't, or like a personalized necklace. Like there weren't any Megan spelled my, my way. And when I did run into them, it was amazing. Like it was felt like winning the lottery. So I think that I gravitated toward names that were just more basic, I guess. And like what you, you're going to get exactly what you think. Right. Um, none of my kids have names with unique spellings. I wasn't even thinking about popularity of names. I think I, at first, anyway, I was just gravitating towards names I liked, and I accidentally named Jacob the most popular name of <laughs> 1997, which I think is really funny because I didn't know a single person. I didn't know anyone having babies then. Yeah. So, like, it's not like I knew a bunch of baby Jacobs. I thought the name Jacob was, like, old-timey and biblical mm-hmm. and, like, and unique, and it turned out it, it was not. 
Um, and I also thought we would nickname him Jake, which we'll talk about later, but that didn't stick. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I just wanted names that were kind of basic mm-hmm. in a way and you, just they are what they are. Um, I love my middle name. So my name is Megan Elizabeth. I love that. I do too. And I've always thought it was very pretty. So I think I thought a lot about not making anyone's middle names a throwaway. Like I really mm-hmm. wanted, even if they were borrowed from family or something, I wanted it to be thoughtful. And then I've also have this weird thing where um, people have like, a noticeable amount more to me than I hear people doing it to other people call me by both my first and last names. Mm-hmm. It is not uncommon for me to walk into a room full of people I am acquaintances with and have them be like, Hey, Megan Francis. It's just something about, yeah. Then this has been since high school. I remember that like people making up songs with my name. I think there's some names that are just like that. Yes. And I think that made me really aware of cadence and how mm-hmm. two names can go together and make something memorable or that people want to say. And then sometimes two names go together and just don't have that effect. And I think in the back of my head, that was always like, not like I was trying to recreate that for my kids, but just like, how do these two names go together? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a little esoteric, but no, no, I think those are, those all become an influence. People do that to Brian, my husband, Brian, they call him Brian Powers yeah. a lot. Well, and maybe also that's in my family. Cause my brother's name is Brian too. So we sort of like it's almost become like rather than a shortened nickname, it's like a lengthened nickname. A lengthened, yes. You get your first yeah. and last. So, Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So, today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion. And because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. We are welcoming back Olive and June as a sponsor. And Megan, I'm so excited about this partnership because with spring right around the corner, I love refreshing the little things in my life, including my manicure. I am the biggest fan of doing my nails at home instead of at a salon because it's convenient, so much cheaper at just $2 a mani, and the results can't be beat. It all begins with Olive and June. Yeah, Olive and June's mani system has everything you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. These are profesh tools designed just for DIY. A couple of the items included are their best-selling poppy, which makes it so easy to brush on a smooth coat, even with your non-dominant hand, which you do have to use about half the time, it turns out, (laughs) and their award-winning cuticle serum, which is so nourishing and a finishing touch I love. Well, I've been a big fan of their quick dry polish for a while now. It seriously dries in about a minute, making it perfect for busy moms. Visit oliveandjune.com slash the mom hour for 20% off your first mani system. 
That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E.com slash T-H-E-M-O-M-H-O-U-R for 20% off your first Manny system. All right. We're going to talk about our baby names. But also, I just want to thank everybody who emailed us about last week's episode. We talked about mom shaming and judgment and criticism in the time of COVID-19. I can't think of a recent episode that we've gotten that many emails about. Have you? I know it was amazing. And, and Instagram and Facebook. I mean, like just the, the amount of, um, feedback and the amount of, um, just positive reinforcement. I guess because I know that that was a tricky, yeah, yeah, that was a tricky one for us to do. And we were a little nervous about it and, um, yeah, it felt, it felt really good. Thank you everyone. Yes. Thank you. And if you're joining us new because somebody sent you that episode, welcome. We're really glad you're here. Um, I'll pop a few links in the show notes, which are right there in your podcast player app or they're at themomhour.com, um, just so you can kind of get acquainted with us and maybe find some other episodes from the archives to listen to. But um, we're, you all are telling us that you sent that episode to your friends and talked about it with your mom. And like, so we just thank you for that um, and love to reading all of your feedback. So on to the topic. Can you just tell us your five children's names, first and middle, so we can hear them in all their glory, Megan, Elizabeth? No, can, can I? <laughs> Have you had your teeth? There's a lot of them. Um, okay, I'll go oldest to youngest. So it's Jacob Douglas, Isaac Christopher, William Connor, Owen James, and Clara Marie. I love it. I'm looking because we have a shared outline. So I'm looking at them visually too, which is always something that I, I need to see. I, I experience words very visually. Um, like I think of how they look and how they're spelled. So I think this, I, is a, this is something that happens when you read a lot when you're a kid. Yes. And then, yes. And when you have bad <laughs> spatial and conceptual awareness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Although I think well. you, you have a more abstract mind than I do, but um, we're both, we're both this way. So uh, they all look really pretty, I guess was my, my point there. Thank you. Um, I have Allegra Bryn, Reed Michael, and Violet Jane. So there so we have So I them. don't know that I knew that Allegra's middle name is Bryn. I think that's so pretty. Thank you. Somehow I, I knew the other too. two, but I don't think I knew Allegra Bryn. Yeah. So. Well, we'll get into the other two, our family names, and Bryn is not. So maybe that's why it's, it just never came up uh, as okay. part of a story yeah. or something. Okay. So just kind of going back to how you chose, um, when did you decide on names in general? I mean, I'm sure each kid was different. But were you someone who thought of names even before you were pregnant or sometime during the pregnancy um, or like waited till you saw the kid? And I can jump in on this one because I think I'm kind of a little more, I don't know, boring here. But I waited till the 20 week ultrasound till we knew the sex of the baby. That's when we really started discussing. I loved like talking about baby names and I loved paying attention to like celebrity baby names and cultural trends and naming. But I, I never felt like I'm going to have a baby someday named this ever really in my pre-baby days. And then once I was pregnant, we really put off most serious discussion about naming until we found out boy or girl. And then we would kind of launch into it. And in all three cases, it took, I don't know, a couple of weeks or maybe a month. I think Violet was really fast and Reed took a little longer, but we never, we were never down to the wire either. So we never really started till after about midway through the pregnancy, but we also never like came down to the wire and couldn't decide. And with all three, we were just, you know, it was in that, in that second trimester probably. And we also kept the names a secret from everybody, including close friends and family, which was kind of fun and, and announced them after the baby was born. So we did that with all three. So how about you? Oh, 
Um, okay. So for me, I would start obsessively reading baby name books in the early stages of pregnancy. Um, so I was thinking about it far before I had an ultrasound, um, to determine sex. And I did with all the kids. So I always knew going in, well, not going in, but I always knew before they were born. Um, and then I would start to narrow it down. What I think is interesting is that first of all, just like you, I didn't have any names like left over from when I was a kid. Well, I take that back. I had a couple soap opera names like <laughs> that I carried forward from teenage that I dropped the minute like I was an adult. I knew that I wasn't actually yeah. going to name my kids any of those any of those names. They were just like popular names when I was a teenager and I thought they were so pretty. Like if I was writing a story, those yeah. are the names I would I put had in those the story. Too, but yeah, yes. they never made it. They were past never my actually, wedding day even. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so um Oh, I just have this memory of being like obsessed with names in my, when I was a teenager um, that had eyes in them, like Paige and Lane, Ooh, th- like nice. those kinds of names with eyes. And I think those are very pretty names, but like it didn't occur. And I would draw them with a heart over the mm-hmm. eye. Um, but I never thought about actually naming a, my babies any of those names. Yeah. Like even Claire with an eye, like I, w- I just wouldn't have. And I don't know why. Like it was just something that I, I guess I got out of my system early. So mm-hmm. When I was, um, so when I was pregnant, every time it was a fresh batch, none of the names ever carried over, which I think is also interesting. It's not like I had a list that I kept going back to. Right. Um, every time it was a fresh list. So every baby had their own. I wonder if that is because in the process of elimination, you really do basically decide against certain names. And I wonder if like that sort of, setting them aside or deciding against them somehow like makes, like, makes them, them. Yeah. Like <laughs> they don't feel as fresh or exciting because yeah. you've said no to them. I, I was you've said no to them. the same way. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Um, so then I would usually have the, the name list like narrowed down to maybe two or three and two a one. Every baby was born with two or three possible names. Okay. Um, Clara did not have a name for a day. I believe we called William baby for three days. He did not have a name for three days. So like I would really, sometimes it would be, I was almost sure. And I do think that with Jacob and Owen, I remember thinking, I just looked at them just new, like Owen just looked like an Owen to me. And so he got his name, but, but I believe with Owen right up until we had another, I can't remember what the other two names on his list, one or two names were, but like we didn't know until we saw yeah. him. Same with Isaac. Um, so, and Clara, I had, and I also knew Clara was going to be my only girl. So that mm-hmm. gave like the name ch- choice so much more weight. Mm-hmm. And I just think I was a little afraid to commit. How, even though I loved the name Clara. How involved was, I mean, I'm sure John was involved in the naming, but did you, did he have strong opinions or more decisive or were you the stronger opinion and more decisive? I mean, Brian and I, I guess because we were very decided by the time the babies were born, we were agreed. But I could see when the baby is there, it would feel even more fraught to like, you, you need to like both be on board. Um, he was extremely decisive about babies' names in a negative way. Like it was my job to generate a million names Me and too. then his job to shoot down all but two. Yeah, that was pretty much then- us too. And then he'd kind of let me make the final call. But it was this weird, like, dynamic where I'd throw names out and he'd be like, meh. And sometimes I had, I didn't remind him of this, but sometimes the names I had had early in the early mm-hmm. list for, like, a previous baby, 
but not like made it to the end and he shot down, I would resurface those names later. And suddenly with like a different pregnancy, he'd be like, yeah, I kind of like that. So then it would make it onto like the not short list, but like the medium list. So anyway, I, I think, um, yeah, I generated the names. He narrowed it down. I chose. Okay. Yeah. But basically. Yeah. I think we were very, very similar. I mean, I generated lots of choices. He shot down a lot. We have pretty different taste in names, we realized. Um, and same thing. I do also remember him almost changing his mind and forgetting he had vetoed something. Um, <laughs> yep. And we went girl, boy, girl. So like when Violet came along, we I probably did bring back up a couple ideas that had been like five years since we'd last talked about it right. or four and a half years. So interesting. Okay, first names get a lot of the focus, um, but obviously we've kind of alluded to middle and last names and that whole cadence thing being a factor. Um, so I would love for you to just talk about what other things came into play besides like, oh, I really love this name. Um, but there are other things like how it sounds with the middle name and the last name, but also how sibling names sound together. I know a lot of, as you add more kids to your family, I know some people think about that a lot. Some people don't. So what other things came up for you when you were deciding on names besides just the first name? So I can't think of any like specific examples, but, um, my kids have a different last name for me, obviously, because I've gone by my maiden name forever. Um, and their last name, I won't tell you what their last name is, but it, it has a, it's, it's like similar to like Johnson or Benson. It's got this kind of like, then, and then, right. It's like this clipped off ending is the only way I could mm -hmm. really describe it. Like the O N on the end kind of clips it off. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for me, the cadence of the two names together was really important. And I know a lot of names did not, I didn't want that sing songy sound and I didn't want it to feel like, I, I don't know, like I didn't want the, the name to just be unmemorable. I mm -hmm. wanted it to sound kind of like distinguished, um, without being too, you know, I didn't necessarily want like Bogart or something. Yeah. <laughs> Was that a name Bogart? I don't know. I yeah. Mean, that's the last name. Yeah. Thinking of a different one. I'm thinking of a different name. Uh, Beauregard is the name I'm thinking of something like I didn't want it to be Royal. I just wanted it to sound to have some panache. Right. Yeah. So that definitely made me say away from first names that had that same sound like Jason Benson, <laughs> Jason Benson. Like there's right. a lot of those. And any, if you have two names that end with like an O N or an E N sound, often it just doesn't to me sound very memorable together. Um, it just kind of like, stops. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how to describe it. I know you know what I'm talking about. Um, I didn't worry about siblings' names, really, but I do think that they all had a similar sensibilities, but worked out. And I definitely thought about the way first and middle names sounded yeah, together. Yeah. I, I put a lot of obsessive thought into all these things. Yeah. No, how about you? I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, I Interestingly, I also didn't think too much about the way siblings' names went together with one exception that I'll get to in a minute. Um, but my last name is Powers, and that is a name that is full of opportunity for puns and plays on words, right. mostly in a fun way. So I would say we've got a lot of laughs, especially with boy names, um, with like all of the potential puns that sound like superheroes. Um, but it right. actually did discount a, a, a couple boy names. I love the name. I love one syllable boy names. Obviously, I chose Reed, but there are other one syllable boy names that I love that didn't go with powers like cash powers sounds like some kind of like, 
I don't know. It just it's anything that was two words that both have meaning. So like, yeah, you know, cash means money. Um, Cole, I love the name Cole. And I didn't even connect the dots on that one. Brian, like Brian's like, what about steam power or coal power? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Also, there's something about cash powers or coal powers, even without the wordplay that sounds like an old timey Western hero Mm -hmm. or something like, uh, like he'd be walking up with his guns. Yeah. On his hips, you know? Yeah. There's just, there's something, powers. there's something about powers that just, <laughs> y- you have to go in willingly with some of the, those associations, I guess. Um, yeah. I love the name Graham for a boy and Brian insisted on telling me it would sound like grandpa when you put the two together. Cause the M goes into the P and I, to this day, don't think so. Like, first of all, I mean, Brian would be like, I'm Graham powers. And then he would say, it sounds like you're saying I'm grandpa. Oh. Yeah, I don't think so. I love the name Graham. But so there were things, I guess that's an ending to beginning. So we definitely considered um, those things. And it felt like it was mostly with the boy names. Um, And then the only sibling consideration was that when I was pregnant with Violet, I love, love the name Eliza. E-L-I-Z-A, like short for Elizabeth. Um, And Mm -hmm. would have been Eliza Jane, just like in... Farmer boy. I think her name's Eliza Jane. Um, But I did not like the idea of having an Allegra and Eliza. They felt the, the cadence again is very similar. Um, And And two, three syllable names in one family is the lot. Like getting them both out. Yes. You know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I just thought, I thought that the rhythm sounded too similar or that like it wouldn't be original enough. Like it was almost like a derivative or like, Oh, we like this kind of girl name. So we're going to do that again. Um, and that was that was one of the couple's names that were just sad for me to let go was Eliza. So back back to your grandpa thing, uh-huh. I think because I know that Brian and John are very different personality types. So this must be some kind of dad thing. Um, <laughs> this like shooting down of names for what can seem kind of like arbitrary or silly reasons. I remember lots of names that. John would be like, no, because then yeah. people are going to call <laughs> yeah. him this. I'm like, who would do that? Um, that said, kids will find a way. Like, okay, so Jenna, you know, yeah. has been genitalia since I was in oh. high school. We still call her that. <laughs> I've n- I would never, I literally, I've heard you, I've met Jenna, heard you talk about her for a hundred years, never thought of that. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we don't call her that in a professional setting. I don't, I don't introduce her like, this is my sister-in-law genitalia, but it's still, and we love to say things like, hey, did genitalia? And then I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She should have told me. It's just, it's just so funny. And you could have so many plays on a name that just has sort of any beginning to any other word. Yeah. Like generation. Right. There's tons of it. But like some names just lend themselves to that. But they're still good names. Agreed. And you can't solve for everything. I feel like that's advice right. we've given in other, like on other topics as well. You can't um, scenario plan for everything. So at some point, right. You got to kind of let that, let that go. That's so funny about Jenna. Um, okay. Well, let's talk about these middle names. So you said you have been very intentional. Um, so I thought we could just talk about like whether we went for family names, um, and that, you know, how we kind of arrived on middle names and I can go first. Um, Allegra, we did not do a family middle name and it was, pretty unceremonious. I had, when I was a dance teacher, I had taught a little girl named Bryn and thought it was really pretty. And I just never quite made the cut for a first name. It also visually looks a lot like 
Brian because my Brian spells it with a Y. So it doesn't sound like Brian, but when you look at it on paper, it's only one letter off. Um, and so we we didn't choose it for a first name, but thought it sounded really pretty as a middle name. So it's B-R-Y-N-N. I actually did not know that there are lots of Brins who use only one N. I had only seen it and heard it maybe once. And so now I see lots of Brins with only one N. And I think both are pretty, but it wasn't a conscious choice. It was like I literally just thought that's how you spelled it with two N's. Um, and so that one was not at all a family name. Um, and then Reed and Violet both have family names. So Michael was Brian's dad. And when we named Reed, Brian's dad was alive and with us and I think doing well, although his cancer battle was several years. So he might have started to be sick by then. But anyway, he passed away about four years ago. So that feels even more special now. Um, and I love the name Michael when it's f- the full name. But when you give it uh, as a first name, it gets shortened so easily, um, sometimes without without your permission, right? Like people just assume you're a Mike or whatever. So I love it for a middle name for that reason, because you don't you don't nickname middle names like nobody's going to shorten right. that. I feel the same about like James and Daniel and several other old names that that easily get nicknamed. Um, I think they make great middle names because you preserve them. And then Violet is Violet Jane, which is sharing my middle name, but was also my grandma on my dad's side. So that felt fun, too. And we still enjoy, you know, having the same middle name. And um, so, yeah, so family names for two of them and totally not for the other. How about you? So similar, although I think all but one of my kids' middle names has some family tie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Douglas was my dad's middle name, but but my dad always went by Doug in the family. It was kind of weird. Like that happens a lot in my yeah. family where people would end up going by their middle names. Um, so for whatever reason, but Douglas was just like a family name. And I lo- I've always loved the way that sounds, especially as a middle name. I just mm-hmm. think it has a really nice ring to it. Um, and it didn't have you know, that S-O-N or S-E-N sound. So we went with that. And then uh, Isaac Christopher, John's brother's middle name is Christopher. And then Will, it was like, I think I decided he's Connor. And I think that was like my attempt to try a trendy name. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I, and Will, like Connor was on my shortlist to name Will. And at the end, I just couldn't do it. Like it just, like it didn't fit with the rest Mm -hmm. of the names. And I now had already started this like, I mean, I'm sure Connor actually probably is an old, fairly old fashioned name, but it was having kind of like a little bit of a hipster resurgence. And um, I just like, I just couldn't imagine having a kid named Connor. It just didn't fit with the other name. So I decided to use that for the middle name, which meant like the, the possibility of using a family middle name fell off the radar. However, I was never really meaning to equally represent family members by level of importance okay. with, with middle names. Yeah. It yeah. was more like, Hey, I need a middle name. Hey, this is easy. Cause I know someone who's got this middle name. I can kind of pretend like I did it to honor them, yeah. but really. Yeah. Um, interestingly, I lobbied pretty hard to have John as a name or a middle name. Um, my brother is John, John, my ex was John and his dad's name was John. And I was like, at least as a middle name, but John would not have it. Hmm. He had no interest in having another John in the family even as the middle name, my brother's middle name, my brother, John's middle name is Kenyon, which I think is really cool and very, very, um, and very sort of like unusual, but John didn't like that for a middle name. So there was just a lot of that kind of grappling. And then Owen's middle name is, I guess you like, John has an uncle Jim that he likes. I had an uncle Jim that I liked, but really that's, I just liked the name James. I love the name James. Um, I would have gone with James for a first name, but 
I was shot down. And then um, Clara, my mom's middle name was Marie. But also, I've just always, I just think it's pretty. I like the way the two of them sound together. Mm -hmm. I like the cadence of it. I like ending on the open vowel sound. Mm -hmm. And um, some little, you know, little side benefit is now when Clara sees the Nutcracker, it doesn't matter oh. what version oh, of the I, Nutcracker. Oh How have I she's never? She's represented. With my ballet background, I've never yeah. just put that together that she's both Clara and Marie. That's amazing. Is Clara, Clara like the Russian version? And then I think Marie's Marie the is Russian, like Russian version and okay. Clara's the German version. But you, you see it, you know, you see it co-opted both ways yes. either way and Clara gets a kick out of that so when we go and see it done it's usually Clara um is when we see it but then her school has done it the third graders do it every year and it's always Marie in that version I so. love that oh my gosh that's so funny well this is a fun one before we go to break and you might have alluded but are there any other names that you left on the table that you just loved and didn't choose for a sixth ba a, a hypothetical sixth, <laughs> sixth baby, baby? Well, I mean, it, it, by the time I got to the sixth baby, there wouldn't, these names would have been off the table, right? right. The, the ones that come to mind are, I remember I really liked Benjamin and Daniel for mm -hmm. Jacob. Um, mm -hmm. Both of those names got tossed out the door. Daniel was very close. That was one of John's favorites. And I don't remember why we in the end didn't go with it, but I don't think either of those names ever wound up back in the rotation. Isaac was almost a Caleb. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard to imagine Isaac as a Caleb. It just doesn't fit. Um, Clara, the, the two other names I really remember were Nellie and Amelia. Mm -hmm. Um, I know for sure Violet was in my possible rotation for, for Clara, but I think it got eliminated like in round, you know, three from the round, end or something. Round three elimination. Right. Well, that's funny because um, yeah. Nellie would not have been common or popular at all, but Amelia is very popular with that age group that our, yes. you know, that our girls are. Cause I, and I was in a, I was in a mom's group and I remember there was another woman who was expecting her fifth baby like a month after me. And there was like, we were kind of politely grappling over Amelia. <laughs> not that it would have mattered even a little bit. Like yeah. I don't, you know, we're not like, we don't see each other in real life ever, but I do remember there being a little like tension mm -hmm. around that name. Yeah. And yeah. I gave, I gave it, I was very generous and I let her have it. It's a good name. I mean, it fits right in with Clara and Violet and some of these that were, yes. you know, once upon a time quite popular, then disappeared for a hundred years and came back. So. Well, and I love that um, Jenna, Jenna's uh, oldest daughter is named Ruby and she's about 18 months older than Clara. So then when Clara was born, my niece, Cecily, who was, who was a teenager at the time, maybe she was like 12 at the time, said, oh, so now we have a, a Ruby and a Clara, like a couple of old grandmas. Yeah. <laughs> Just made me laugh. And now, yep. and now we don't think of them as old grandmas anymore because they've come no. back around, but that's kind of how it works. So, and so Cecily funny. is also an old grandma name, but like real old, like I love the name, you know, that's, that's right up my alley, the Cecily. Um, I think that's right up my naming, uh, naming style. Cause I like the older ones that people have vaguely heard of, but don't yes. associate with anything. Um, yeah. so Cecily is such a well, pretty name. Cecily was one of was one of my teenage um, soap opera favorite names. And then my sister stole it. And then it's okay because I wouldn't have gotten around to using it for like, you know, yeah. a really long time, 12 years. But then um, my sister named her Cecily Rhiannon, like from the, oh, yeah. you know, Fleetwood uh -huh. Mac song uh -huh. Rhiannon and always had intended to call Cecily Rhiannon. Oh. And then when she became like, we, she was going to call her by her middle name. But then when she got to be, by the time she was a month old, she was just Cecily. There was no way. Like, we were not going to call her Rhiannon. So. I really like the name Cecily. That's a 
That's a good one. Um, okay, so a few names that I didn't use that I still love and anyone out there listening can have. Uh, I loved Lila, L-I-L-A. <laughs> Me too. Um, I love the name Lark for a girl, which is a little out there. Um, just L-A-R-K. I love the name Corinne, which like fits into that older, I don't know, frilly name. Love mm-hmm. the name Maeve, the Irish Maeve. I love the name Maeve. That would never have passed. I don't even think I suggested it, but... I think probably Brian would have said the same. So two fun things about that. My best friend from high school, Sarah, uh, we had our first babies the same time. And her first baby is June, which is another great old lady name. Um, And then her second baby is named Maeve. And she got to that without, we didn't talk about it. Like I had just always loved the name Maeve. Um, And then, so she got to, you know, she named a baby Maeve, which just let me live vicariously. And then Kelsey from the girl next door podcast just named her third baby Maeve like a month ago. And I was like, I love that name. So that's such a good one. I talked about Eliza already that I loved. And then for boys, I love the name Rory. I understand it sticks in your mouth like marbles and Brian has a real puncture. Yep. I get it. (laughs) It's hard to say. It's hard to say, but I still love it. Um, and Morgan on our team who helps her, she's our bookkeeper. She has a Rory. So I feel like I collect, like when other people choose these names, I'm like, yes. Um, I mentioned Graham and I also loved Elliot and Emmett for boys. So those were, those were mine that were left on the table and you're all welcome to have them. In any combination you choose. I know, right? Then you get to choose middle names. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, Megan, um, before we get into talking about how our kids grew into their names and how it's gone since we named them, um, did you happen to notice a few weeks ago in our Facebook group for the podcast, um, a listener, Katie, like posted a name game to basically invite the community to help name her baby that she was pregnant with? It was the cutest. What I loved about it is she was very she made it super fun and there was criteria. It had to start with a C or a K. Mm -hmm. Had to start with a C or a K. And she gave examples that they were already considering. And she also gave a list of first names and a list of middle names. So the first ask was like, just put, put two together, like give us a combination you like, or if you can come up with another name that fits these criteria. And she gave her last name and how it's pronounced. So basically like just enough criteria so that she wasn't getting like off the wall suggestions that she wouldn't meaningfully consider um, and it was so fun. People got super into it. So that made just that made our hearts happy. And um, it did. It did. And I kind of feel like that baby should be born by now. I think so. I actually commented on the thread when we were prepping this episode and asked her. So, Katie, if you're listening, I do feel like this little boy is probably born by now. So let us know how you're doing and final name choice. And if you're not in our Facebook group, come on over. It's a fun place to be. Be sure to answer the yes. questions that uh, you're given so that we know 
that you're actually a listener. That's really the the main criteria is that you, you know, you've listened to the podcast and you know who we are and you're not just looking to get in there. finding mom groups yeah, on Facebook. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I would love to know, did you choose any of your kids' names specifically to have a nickname? And you kind of alluded to, you thought Jacob would be Jake. So of them, and I could think of Will having a nickname, did did you think any of them like we're naming him Jacob, but he's for sure going to be called Jake? Um, yeah. So Jacob was the one. So he, I had always loved the name Jake. I knew a couple different Jakes in high school. It just sounded like one of those like manly, like manly man names, yeah. like Jake knows how to do things. <laughs> um, I just like the way it sounded. And I also like Jacob. So I just thought, well, that takes care of that. Name him Jacob and call him Jake. But the Jake just never stuck outside of our family. So we've always called him Jakey. You know, like I think. Like if I was yelling across the house, I might be like, hey, Jake, but it just didn't land. Like yeah. it didn't stick. Um, to my knowledge, nobody outside of our family calls him Jake. Will and William and Will are like interchangeable. He was, I also really like the name Will as mm-hmm. a nickname, but I also really, really like William. And I was totally cool with it going in either direction. So um, I just think we call him both. It, yeah. Like we call him both all the time. I think among his friends, I, I think teachers decide which one they prefer. And mm-hmm. like within a classroom, he's either William or Will. And that's kind of how that goes. And I don't think either one um, bothers him. I knew for sure I didn't want a Bill or a Billy or anything like that. But like Will is just like the shortened way to say William. So it's it's fine. But it also doesn't feel quite so much like a nickname because yes. it's just kind of like a easier way of saying you the long drop name. Drop the end. <laughs> drop the end off. Yep, exactly. Two things on that. I find it so interesting that there are like there are internal family nicknames and we'll get into that more in a minute here that you would never, it's not like, it's not a nickname that you go by out in the world. And those are two totally different things. And it's the out in the world one. I think that most people think about when giving your kid a name. So my sister's name is Cassandra, but she has never, ever gone by Cassandra. My mom just, they liked it. They liked the way it operated as an official name on your birth certificate, but she was Mm -hmm. always going to be Cassie. And that's different than say like, the the name that just develops as your family you right. know, starts to get to know this kid. So it's really almost like two different things. Um, and then I think I had something else to say about Jacob and Jake, but I lost it. So there you go. Um, I did the opposite. I specifically chose names that would not have an assumed nickname. Oh, I know what I was going to say. I, I always find it interesting, like you were saying with Will, That um, when people, when I say, oh, do you prefer Jen or Jennifer? And when people say, oh, I really, I go by both. It's fine either way. And I always want to say like, no, really, like what's, what's your favorite? What do you want to be called? Are you sure? (laughs) But I think some people truly do. Maybe because I've never had a nickname name. It feels like you'd have a preference or like, oh, I go by Jen with my friends, but Jennifer at work. But there, I think people really do like, they just kind of interchangeably, like you were saying with William and Will, and it doesn't bother them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've had people say before, like, can I call you Meg? I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But I really don't care. I mean, it doesn't bother me. It's kind of like having a bonus name. Like mm-hmm. suddenly I have this new way that this person wants to refer to me. And there's been a few people in my life who have who have like doggedly called me Meg, like stuck to it. And and that's my name with them. And it doesn't it's not my name. Right. But it doesn't bother me. Like, I, yeah. I just it's it's like, oh. I think it's kind of cute that you want to have a nick, like a pet name for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, uh, to, to finish up on that, cause I jumped back. I, I don't know why, but I just 
wanted names where there would not be a presumed nickname. I think I wanted to control for others outside, like making that assumption, like, you know, I'm going to call your name's Michael, but I'm going to assume that you're a Mike um, or a Mm -hmm. Jamie instead of a James or whatever. So I just chose names that kind of steered away from that. Um, Yeah. So then let's get into the names that we didn't anticipate or maybe the ones that are just inside the house. And we do have we do have a couple in my family. So for some reason, Reed, just like we uh, the silly nicknames. I mean, Reedy, Reedy Roo. I called him Roo when he was at a, a baby, which turned into like Reedy Rudy, Reedy Rudy, fresh and fruity. Like it doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Um, right. Allegra really has no nicknames that are based off her name. When she was a baby, I called her monkey a lot. Like that really dropped away when she was probably four or five. Um, so she almost has none. And then Violet also has a bunch of just funny, weird internal family names. I call her goose and goosey, um, which don't really come from her name, but they definitely stuck. Um, and then I, I use her middle name more often than I do the other kids, either just calling her by her whole, like Violet Jane, or sometimes I call her Janie. Um, so yeah, just, just little things, but nothing that has gone outside the family walls. So, so I'll go from oldest to youngest. So Jacob was, yeah, we called him Jakey boy. That was his nickname. Um, Jakey, Jakey boy. I remember sometimes calling him Jacob. Like, <laughs> I don't remember why. I was some, some of this stuff just makes no sense. It is. Um, the boys call him Nakey mm-hmm. often. Like, and I don't know if that ever naked? stuck. Yes. Okay. Nakey Jakey. And I also remember uh, when we first moved to this town that we live in, he was in fifth grade and someone decided to name him Austin and he went by Austin for like a year, but just with his friends. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I don't remember why that someone just decided he looked like an Austin. And it was very confusing because people would like come to the house asking for Austin. I had no idea who they were talking about. Oh my gosh. Um, Isaac never had a nickname. My dad tried valiantly to get us to call him Ike Mm -hmm. and it, no. And so it just didn't. And he had, we called him Chuckles when he was a baby because he just had this really chubby, cute, smiley face. And then as he got older, he was a stinker. And I just don't, I don't know. Like I just, he just, no nickname ever stuck. Um, Will as the most nicknamed child in this house. And I don't remember how it started, but like the nicknames, I think John and his brother Scott started it and they would just add on the one that, I remember the most was Gustable Chickens. They still call him that, <laughs> but it doesn't make any sense. Like, I think we called him Wilbo. We called him Wilbo. This uh-huh. is how it started. Okay, now I'm remembering. We called him Will and Wilbo, and then we would add on like last names, like Wilbo Jenkins, Wilbo Chickens. And then somehow Wilbo Chickens <laughs> like evolved into Gustable Chickens. And sometimes it has like middle names added on. It's amazing. And they'll just rattle it off, and I have no idea what's, what's happening. Um, Owen became owner because video game culture, if you, if you own somebody, you win the game. Um, and some people will spell it with like a P so it becomes like Poner, like P W. So he had different variations of owner. And a few years ago, um, he started lobbying to be called Boner, like (laughs) a lot. And I was like, we're not calling you Boner. That's not (laughs) going to be a thing. And we kind of had to talk him out of it. But now William calls him like Professor Bonier. Like, so they have all these plays on Boner now that are um, also add on extra words. And so sometimes I'll just hear William yell across the house like, hey, Professor Bonier. I love and, it, uh, though. I love like, the, <laughs> um, 
literal fraternity, the literal yes. fraternity literal. In, literal. in my Moira voice um, of like the brothers just bestowing ridiculous yes. names on each other. It's just it I is, have a huge you know. grin on my face. Well, and it makes me feel kind of like sad for Clara because <laughs> we, she's just she's just Claire Bear. Like we've called her Claire Bear since she was little. I call her Bear or Bear Bear more than I like. I don't even bother with Clara half the time. It's like, hey, Bear Bear, what's up? But no one ever gave her like she's just not in the brotherhood quite yeah. the same way. Right. So no one like bestowed upon her some ridiculous long nickname. Um, maybe there's still time. There, there is still you know? time. Professor Bodier definitely developed over time. So <laughs> yeah, there's still time for her. I just love thinking that like it's it's kind of like a pri- not an embarrassingly private, but it's such a very internal family culture thing. And I love yes. thinking about how many other ridiculous nicknames there are out there and how you can't I mean never in a million years when I named my son Will did I think people would be calling him gustable chickens like (laughs) you cannot even make sense no yeah okay so I'm very curious about how your kids experienced their own names as they grew up so the first question I thought of was do you remember any of them learning to say their own names but that could also extend to like anything they called themselves that wasn't their name or anything they wanted their name to be like, how did your kids experience their own name as they became old enough to be aware of it? Okay. So there's a few different like ways I could go with this. First of all, I don't remember any of my kids learning to say their own names except for Clara, probably just cause she's the youngest. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's been a long time. And she definitely called herself Quewa. Mm-hmm. I mean, she couldn't say the L's and the R's. L's and, and R's really are cute. They're hard. <laughs> They're hard. And I'm sure if I looked back, I could probably think of, you know, similar stories with the other kids. I just don't really remember it. Um, a couple of funny things. For a long time when Jacob and Isaac were little, we called, they called each other brother Aww. because I never referred yeah. to them by name to each other until they were like school age. So yeah. I'd say, hey, where's brother? And so they literally called each other brother. I love that. I have, um, a, I have a close friend with two boys and they do that too. I think to this day and they're like 11. And, I just thought it was really, yeah. I remember thinking it was very sweet. Was very and sweet. I really... And I remember at one point, someone, I don't remember if it was an in-law or a you know teacher or something, was like, well, they have names. And I was like, yeah, but they also are brothers. So Aww. back off. Um, so that was one thing I thought was really cute. Another thing, none of my kids have ever had a negative feeling about their names, except for Owen will not acknowledge his middle name, James. He hates it. I love it. And I it. don't know why. I love his middle name. He has no reason not to like it, but he just decided he doesn't like it. And he gets mad if I call him Owen James. Like, he doesn't want, like, I said, do you want to rename yourself? And he's like, no, I just don't want you to ever say it. So I don't know if he's just getting, he just wants to have something to be grumpy about or what. Well, I didn't like my middle name. I didn't like, I didn't like Jane as a standalone and I didn't like Sarah Jane. And as I explained, I didn't like being called Sarah Jane until I was much older, probably high school. So maybe... Maybe there's something that just like rubbed him the wrong way that he'll grow out of. Yeah, that's what I I'm love Owen James. I think that's like, I mean, I think all your kids have great names. That might be one of my favorites. Um, also, do you know the Kenny Rogers song, Reuben James? Because now I can yeah. just hear the like the tune just, you know, <laughs> yeah. like Owen James. OK, did I cut you off? Do you have anything else to say? No, about? I have nothing else to okay. say. Well, the sounds kids learning to say their own names is sort of hilarious when you think of L's, R's. L's and R's are always very difficult. I'm just thinking a wegwa. It was a yedra. (laughs) It was a a yedra. Yeah. So she also didn't have her hard G's, which is a less common, difficult letter. 
But her, oh my gosh, until she was about four, it was so funny. Like the the book Go Dog Go was Do Da Do. Yes. Like everything. Or in hard C's. So hard C's and hard G's. Um, and then L's and R's are hard for every kid. And so, yeah, hers was a Yedra. Um, and I just have these memories of like when they get to be three or four. By four, her sounds were starting to come together. But somebody would ask her, ask her her name. And she, you know, this little like very like wide eyed, very serious, very mature would be like a Yedra and like try to like, <laughs> like, oh, you must not be understanding me. She didn't have any of those sounds. Um, so that was a hard one. Um, and then because she was the oldest, the siblings learning to say her name was equally hard. So it was like we were in the pronunciation of Allegra for five years. Um, the kids called her, Reed called her Yaya. Um, and then I think Violet called her Yaya too. They both called her Yaya. That was the easiest. Um, but that, not, that never became a nickname. They just literally did not have enough sounds to say Allegra. Um, Reed still, he um, works with a speech therapist. He's still very close on his R sound, but like not 100% there. So it can sound when he introduces himself. It's not a full weed like my name is weed, like he has no R sound, right. but it's like it's it's not quite articulated. Um, and it's funny because we've been in quarantine. So I overhear his group speech uh, sessions with his school speech therapist. And I'm like, it, it's like the pirate R, like it's just yes. not quite R enough. Yes. Um, and so occasionally when he says his own name still and he's turning 10, um, it's just read I can't I can't um duplicate it or make the sound myself but so that was a little bit hard um and then Violet gave herself the nickname Vavi when she was 18 months old I and love I remember we, that yeah we all loved it we were like that's amazing it sounds like a fancy lady and it wasn't necessarily her trying to say Violet because it's not really the same syllables even. It's, you would think she would say Vi Vi or something like that. But right. it was Vavi. And we all called her Vavi and we thought it was going to stick. And then when she was probably three, um, she put like a like a hard pass on that. She did not want anyone to call her Vavi. Brian will still Aww. sometimes bust out of like he'll be like, hey, Vavi Jane. And she's like, no, do not call me Vavi. But it was a very <laughs> because cute she probably face. associates it with that with being a baby. Yes, and, you know? and that is like a huge trigger for her. So that's a no. But it's also interesting because most kids talk about themselves in the third person for a while. That's like a normal speech development thing. Like you know, Vavi, Vavi, do it. I just remember her saying like, no, Vavi, do it, Vavi, do it. Um, so you hear you hear kids say their own name more probably when they're really little because they refer to themselves in the third person before they right. learn not to. So, so cute. So, so cute. That's very, very cute. I'm glad that you solved. I think you solved this mystery in my, in my mind. Cause I was thinking to myself when I couldn't pronounce the hard G in my name, what did I say? I couldn't mm-hmm. really remember, but I bet it was like maiden. maiden. I bet it was something like that. Oh like, my gosh. We have so many funny stories about Allegra trying to, cause it was hard G's and hard C's, which use the same part of the mouth. And so right. we, there's like one time she wanted grapes and my mom was trying to understand what she wanted. And she was so deliberate about the way she spoke, like no more, more. I want drapes, grapes. <laughs> and like yeah. another time it was fork and it was for no more, more for mm-hmm. And she just would, she would articulate it so clearly, but so wrong. Um, and yes. then, you know, for all those people listening who I'm sure are wondering, like when those sounds, uh, I think I've been told by pediatricians and speech folks that the sounds kind of, they settle into place when they're going to settle into place. And, uh, hers, she was right around four or maybe a little after four when the hard G's and hard C's, um, and she didn't go to speech, but of course we would have, you know, we would have done speech if that's what she needed. And then read, 
uh, he was so articulate. He was so verbal that um, he, he never had a problem getting his point across, but it was third grade when they said, yeah, we understand everything he says, but the actual articulation of the R sound just isn't there yet. Um, well, and you get used to like, uh, right. you know, you get used to the way kids talk and then they sound mm-hmm. normal to you. And it, sometimes it takes someone on the outside going, yeah, I mean, they're right. understandable, but none of this is right. Well, and <laughs> I didn't know that it's, I think it's a speech therapist. You can correct me. It's eight or nine. I think it's eight where most sounds just they, their mouth is mature enough and, and they can, they can articulate. So it's really not till third grade that the teacher and the speech therapist walked around the classroom listening for ours, which felt late to me because you hear of a lot of kids being in speech when they're very, very young. Um, but that for a lot of kids, the sounds are just sort of settled. They're like clicking into place like, yep, got that one, got that one, got that one. Um, and then it wasn't until eight where it was like, OK, well, the R is does, still doesn't sound like R. So do you ever go back and listen to like videos oh. from when your kids were five, six, seven, eight, and you can't believe how old they were and still sounding so yeah, babyish like, like baby. now I'll look back and think in my mind that was when they were like four right but I'll go back and watch the video of Clara and I when she's seven and I think oh she still sounds like a little baby like yeah. her her words are still babyish yeah. and obviously being still in process yes <laughs> of still being, yes still, her, her sounds being figured out yeah um this is now we're like off topic but Violet had a full lisp which I thought was so cute um and that was one where I thought oh I wonder how because neither of the other kids lisped and I thought oh does that just correct itself or is that going to be a speech thing and it just went away and I that one I thought I would have thought maybe we'll maybe we'll end up in speech for that because it was so pronounced um, and she sucked her thumb. And so her teeth were out and then it just went away. And I go back and listen to videos and there's videos up until probably four, between four and five where it's full lisp. And then, then all of a sudden it, it's not, and she can say her S's. Right. So really cute. Um, okay. Well, I'm sure that it's time to wrap up. I don't even know if it's time to wrap <laughs> up, but, um, I was, I just wanted to talk about how we feel now that we're not having our own babies anymore. Um, just how we feel about name, like when other people choose a baby name or maybe baby naming culture and I can go first. I have continued to love conversations. Like I will discuss baby names. If any of you there want to troubleshoot or brainstorm baby names, I'm your person. I I still love it theoretically, but it's very different from I'm not having any more babies. And, you know, I mentioned a couple exceptions of names I left on the table that I feel like, Oh, I would have loved to use that one. But other than that, I don't feel like, I don't feel like there's any names that I wish I could use or a baby I wish I could name. I'm pretty, I'm pretty done in that area, but I still find it really interesting. I love reading about what, you know, the Royal babies names are and what the celebrities name their babies. So I still like it as a theoretical discussion, but, um, how about you? So interestingly, I, um, I, like I said, when a baby, when I had exhausted a list of names for a baby, those names were done. So I never had a name that I didn't get to use that I felt bad about, like that is like plaguing me. Mm-hmm. Although I could have maybe had a few more girls yeah. and had fun naming them. Yeah. But it's not because there's a specific name I wish I had used necessarily. It's, it's just, just so because fun. it would have been fun to name another girl. Um, every now and then I will hear some someone have a new baby and tell me their name. And I'm just like, oh, I want a baby with that name. Yeah. Like there's, yeah. it's not exactly envy or jealousy. It's just like, oh. I wish that was my baby that I could have named it. And then I'll give the baby back to you and I don't want to raise it. Yeah. But like something about getting to apply a great baby name to a cute baby is yes. just such a, it's so satisfying. And I guess I miss that feeling. 
more yeah. than specific names. It's just like it's when you nail something and it feels so good. Like I, right. I very, I, I like a lot of baby names. Like, oh, that's a really pretty name. But there's a very few names that I'm like, oh, that is a great name because I'm kind of picky and I have really specific criteria. So when I hear yeah. someone like who has my same sensibility, who just nails it in my opinion, because of course this is like a style thing. It's just my opinion. Um, it's always like, oh yeah, that's a good one. And like, almost like I, like you said, like, I wish, I wish yeah, I like could have done it. that. And, and it's so, it's also such a powerful thing. I mean, giving somebody their name, yeah, it's like playing God in yeah. a way. It reminds me of the weird, like the wackiest mom moment I remember from very early on was I was nursing Jacob. He was really little and I'm looking down at him and just like kind of running my hands through his downy hair, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I remember thinking like, like I made this, not like this whole baby, but like specifically there's hair yeah. growing out of this kid's head that is there because my body created it. I yeah. just remember having this like bizarro moment of, of zeroing in on something so specific yeah. and how that blew my mind more than the fact that I had an entire child yeah. in my arms too. <laughs> just that you, um, you, you grew yeah. this hair. Yeah. <laughs> I grew this hair. This hair originated from something I did and, and it will continue to grow forever. Like it was just a weird moment. And that's kind of how I feel about names. It's like this very singular thing that parents can do and only parents can do. And it will be, it'll, it'll affect that person forever. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And thank you again. We mentioned it earlier for all the recent emails and Instagram comments. Um, And if you are a new listener who found us last week after that episode we did, um, email us to say hello. We're hello at themomhour.com. We love to hear from new listeners. Um, And if you've been loving our content lately and have not left us a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, it would mean so much to us. It really helps us. um, And we actually read every one of those reviews as well. We can't reply to those because we don't know how to contact you, but it makes our day when we see one pop up. So thank you. And please go ahead and do that if you haven't already. Yeah, it really does make our day and it's very helpful. Um, also wanted to let you all know that we have a special uh, surprise bonus episode coming up this Friday. We're talking about uh, habits that make our lives as homemakers, home managers, people who live in a home mm-hmm. a little happier. So we're excited about that one. I know we're all spending a lot of time at home right now. And I think we could all use some inspiration around making that maybe just a little more functional, a little happier, a little more pleasant. Um, so definitely check that out. That will be this Friday and we'll talk to you then. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, 
M-E-A-G-A-N-Francis.substack.com.